When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's go, Let's go, Inside Syracuse Basketball with Mike Waters. Presented by Syracuse.com. College basketball is a great thing. Anything can happen. Welcome to the Inside Syracuse Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Waters. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by former Syracuse basketball player Sam Penseal. Sam came to Syracuse in the same recruiting class that featured Dave Bing and Jim Beheim. That class turned around a moribund program and turned it into an NCAA tournament team. But Sam is equally noteworthy for his efforts in education and administration. We talked about all of that in this edition of the Inside Syracuse Basketball Podcast. Welcome back to another edition of the Inside Syracuse Basketball Podcast. And uh, on this edition, we have just a a wonderful guest, uh, an outstanding guy who I've known for a while now, and I've been looking forward to having him on the show. It's former Syracuse basketball player Sam Penn Seal. Uh, Sam, it's great to see you. Welcome to the podcast. Well, Well, thank you, Mike. And it's good to have an opportunity to talk with you. We haven't been able to get together for a while, so this is a, as good a substitute as we can get for now. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to the next time you roll through town because uh, we, we have our couple favorite places to meet. We, we met the one time with a whole bunch of your friends. <laughs> yes. I, I, until they sponsor me, I'm not going to mention the place, but it's the most outstanding <laughs> fried chicken this side of town. Uh, <laughs> um, but to introduce you a little bit, to the folks who you maybe they do need an introduction to you. Sam uh, played at Syracuse from 1963 to 1966. And if those years sound familiar, that means you played with Jim Beheim and Dave Bing and a whole host of other guys that turned this program around from maybe the worst program in the country about a year or two before you arrived on campus to a program that was in the NCAA tournament when you left. Uh, you came out of New York City. Boys High School, a lot of folks are going to know that they're going to recognize that name because, man, that high school has produced a lot of outstanding athletes and and, and other folks over the years. And, of course, when it was Boys and Girls High School, Pearl Washington came out of that that same school. Yeah. Um, You know, I, I looked at I had to look you up a little bit. You're a member of the Boys High Hall of Legends. You're a member of the Brooklyn Hall of Fame. And you're a member of the City College Hall of Fame, which is interesting. And you're going to have to take us there at some point during the podcast. <laughs> but first of all, how did you end up coming to Syracuse uh, out of New York City and, and, and out of Boys High School back when 
the, the program really it wasn't the type of basketball program it is today. Well, what happened was uh, I came to Syracuse in 1962. Okay, um, we uh, had won the um, city championship that year in Madison Square Garden, and uh, Fred Lewis attended that game. And uh, after the game, he came in and he told me, uh, he said, uh, we have a kid coming from uh, D.C., and I think that, you know, with the two of you, we could have the best backcourt in the country. And of course, he said, this kid's name is Dave Bing. And, and so as it turns out, um, I played against Dave in a tournament in, uh, I think it might've been in some part of central New Jersey where there were teams from Washington, Philadelphia, New York, and that New Jersey area. And on the team from Washington was Dave Bing, John Shoemate, uh, Ernie Austin, uh, and several other guys that who became real well-known. On the team from Philadelphia was Earl Monroe and uh, a number of other guys from, the, uh, from that area who became uh, um, top college players as, as well. And, and so uh, when uh, we played against uh, Washington, uh, Dave and my man Wally Goodwin's going to be angry with me for telling this story, but Dave was the first guy I ever saw who blocked Wally Goodwin's jump shot. Wally Goodwin was about Wally Goodwin is about six one, six two. He has these huge thighs, and he uh, jumps from standstill at least a foot and a half off the ground to shoot his jump shot. So anyway, when I saw Dave, I, I realized that this was a special talent. So seven of us came to Syracuse. And uh, one guy uh, named Fran, uh, who, who, who was um, not supposed to be driving, drove into somebody's living room one night. And uh, that's how Beheim got the scholarship. Uh, Beheim came to Syracuse on a apostle golf scholarship. He came out for the team. When he got on the team, he and Dave became uh, roommates. And of course, as you know, the rest is, is history. So that's how we got, that's how I, I, I ended up coming there. And I ended up going to Boys High because uh, one of our, or well, two of our junior high school teachers were Boys High graduates. And they called up Mickey Fisher and, and said, uh, he said to him, my, my, um, it was Alan Hopewell and uh, Elma Safaden. And uh, so Hopewell called Fisher. Fisher said, uh, he said, told Fisher he wanted him to take care of me. And then, of course, after, after I went there, of course, Vaughn came over as well. Vaughn Hart. Uh, yes. I don't, I don't know if you know the story of our relationship, um, Vaughn and my relationship. I know you were very, very close. Well, Vaughn and I went to, to school together from junior high school, which is Wadley Junior High School here in, in Harlem. Well, I'm in Cleveland these days, but it, it's in Harlem. And then we went to Boys High together, and then we went to Syracuse together. And it used to be that when you saw one of us without the other, the first question was, where is the other? Uh, that, that's how our, our, our relationship uh, was. So, so that's the story of how we got I got to Syracuse. Uh, that's how I got to participate in the turning around uh, of the program, which is, um, as we all know, 
um, world-renowned these days. Now, so you're playing in the PSAL championship game in Madison Square Garden, and after, and Fred Lewis just comes into the locker room. Had yes. you ever spoken to him or met Fred Lewis before? No, no, <laughs> I never seen I never seen him before that. And of course, you know, when you read the stories, he he's told just about all of us the same thing about how you know that person, uh, along with Dave, would be the number one person on the team, you know, or the number two person on the team. Uh, but um, he he had he he was a a very good recruiter. And uh, he uh, had that, that, that gift for Gab and uh, that ability to make everybody feel like they were the most important person in the room. Uh, and, uh, but um, he, his, um, he did not necessarily get the, know how to get the best out of me. And so that, that was a bit of a problem for us because um, he, thought, uh, he thought I was lazy. Um, because I wasn't one of these guys who was always acting like I'm putting out a whole lot of effort, right? Sure. And what he didn't understand was that I was expert at economy of motion, so that I wasn't the fastest guy around, but I was quick, right? Yeah. So I could beat you from here to there, but I couldn't beat you from here to the end of the court, right? And so he didn't quite understand that, and he 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 um um. Even though I, as a matter of fact, I very seldom played in the backcourt because I always guarded the best guy on the other team, regardless of how small or how tall he was. Well, I was about to say, I'm surprised to hear that like Fred wouldn't appreciate you in any way because you have a reputation of being just an outstanding defensive player throughout your Syracuse career, which seems to mesh really well with a guy named Dave Bing. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, well you know, um, so some folks uh, have this, have this, um, you know, they have their own idea of about how things ought to go and how how things ought to look and and how things ought to sound, right? And the same thing actually happens in education as well, which is interesting um, mm -hmm. because of the fact that. In, in, in good classrooms where uh, kids are engaged and uh, uh, you find that there is a lot of good noise going on uh, because the kids are engaged, they're making, they're working together, uh, they are enjoying themselves. And this is what uh, promotes learning. And this is what promotes good habits, which is actually what happens on the, on the court as well, you know, in, in, in practice. So there are coaches who feel that uh, in order for uh, things to um, work properly and look right, you know, you need to go. You need to run three, three, three steps to the down the court, turn right, run four more steps, turn left. You know that sort of thing. And if you don't do it exactly like that, then 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 they're not happy, right? So that's that's the kind of thing that 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 happened. Well, you know, with with us here, but. Uh, I, I, I wanted to go back to to something else you said about Fred putting this class together. He seemed to sell everybody the same thing. Like he told you that between you and Dave, you could be this great backcourt. Right. Um, other guys, Frank Nicoletti out of yes. Jersey City, New Jersey, very, 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 very highly rated high school player is also told how valuable he's going to be. <laughs> yes. I've talked with Rex Trowbridge, a number, another member of your class. 
he told me that Fred said that he was the crown jewel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Rex, Rex was my, my first roommate. Oh, really? <laughs> yes, which, which was an experience in itself. <laughs> because, you know, Rex is from the Albany area. And uh, he had never been around black guys. And while I had, you know, been around white guys, I'd never roomed with a, a white roommate before. And so our experiences were, uh, you know, the exact opposite. <laughs> and so it took a little while for us to, uh, to mesh, but um, I am happy to say that he is my brother of uh, 60 or more years uh, after uh, our coming together in uh, 1962. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. You know, that's something interesting Fred Lewis did with his, basically his first recruiting class, he could have put you and Dave Bing together. And he, and Rex Trowbridge had a high school teammate in Dick Abelman. Who Abelman, was, right. He could have put Rex and Dick Abelman together, but instead I know you roomed with Rex, Frank Nicoletti roomed with Dave Bing. Right. And that's yeah. something that Fred fixed a year later. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Well, we have to get, we do have to give him credit for that, you, you know. And, and the other thing, the other thing where he he was a bit ahead of the curve uh, was that uh, he engaged in some um, psychological uh, analysis in order in order to put us together as well. Um, really? There was a, a, a guy a guy named I think his name was Dr. Anderson, and what he did was he gave us these analytical tests to decide uh, to to make some determination about which of the characteristics each of us had that was most compatible with another member on the team. And it also gave some insight into how to uh, motivate the different individuals. Uh, and so th this was at the, the very beginning of what's popular these days known as sports psychology. Um, yeah, that's because, amazing. Uh, in my in in my other life, I'm a certified teaching tennis pro, and uh, as part of my training, uh, I've had training in uh, in, in, in in psychological um, development uh, for for players, uh, how to improve their uh, their motivation, how their their you know we we. Um, when things are going well and guys are, things are just flowing nice and smoothly and it looks so effortless, um, we have a, a, a saying that, you know, the guy's in the zone. Mm -hmm. And and so the uh, sports psychologist, well, at least Jim Lahr, who's the person I studied with, uh, he refers to this as the, um, um, the, um, the, the uh, place, the cop, the most comfortable area for playing, right? And so, so what happens is, I, I forget the exact term right at the moment, but what happens is you get out of that, right? right? Things cause you, you to get, be disrupted, right? Guys make you angry, they throw you off and interrupt your focus. Yeah. And so you can train players on how to retain that, get back into that, uh, that area of comfort. And so you can do the same thing with children in school as well when you have trained uh, your, your staff and, and, and the people in the building, uh, you know, correctly. So uh, he, he was 
he was good for um, in, in terms of my development in way in ways that um, weren't um, necessarily appreciated initially nor yeah. recognized initially. Yeah, yeah. He sounds yeah. like he was a little bit ahead of his time in some respects. There. Uh, yes, yes, he was. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's interesting. Now, I, I you know, we I have to ask anybody who ever was around Syracuse basketball at that time, the same question. What was your first impression of Jim Beheim on the basketball court? <laughs> well, Jim Beheim was the, the original Pete Maverick. You remember Pete Maverick was known for having the floppy socks? Of course, yes. Well, Beheim was the first one that had to, 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 have, had to, to have floppy socks. You know, we wore those long socks and his always fell down around his ankles, right? And he had the ability to be in the right place at the right time. Like, for instance, we'd be jumping up over the over the rim trying to get the ball and the ball would jump over our hands into his and he would get in and make the layup or he would get in and make the pass. Right. And so when the coach said run the play this way, he did it exactly like the coach said. Right. And and so, um, you know, we could see early on that he would he had the makings of being a good coach um, because of the fact that he uh, stuck so closely to the thing that that coaches emphasized uh, in, in terms of um, uh, the team, the way that teams were coached in those days. Right. And, yeah. the, and the, the, the there was a difference in the way that teams were coached based on the areas of the city and the country that they came from, right? Yeah. And, and, and so, um, I, you know, as I said, we could see that Beheim was cut out to do the kind of thing that he's been doing for the last 50 years or, or so. And Jim and Dave Bing end up becoming roommates second year because Fred began to realize that Frank Nicoletti might have been a little bit more of a, of a social... <laughs> <laughs> a social guy, and he, he wanted yeah. his star, Dave Bing, to be with the bookish Jim Beheim, right? Yeah, I, I, would, I would imagine that that had something to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, mo most of us were, were, were a bit on the wild side, you know, during those days. And, 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 and of course, so Dave, having been married, you know, he was a bit more settled. Yes. And, and so a guy like Beheim was a good deal more suitable for him than hanging out with Frank, with Frank Nicoletti. <laughs> <laughs> um, who, by the way, I have to get on the same podcast because I have to give Frank a chance to tell his story soon. Yes, of course. <laughs> um, you guys as a group end up doing exactly what Fred had envisioned, what he had sold you on to turn this program around. I mean, um, you go to the NIT your sophomore year, which is the first year you guys can play varsity ball and his right. seniors, you win 22 games, you go 22 and six and you make the NCAA tournament. You, you, you get it, you beat Davidson in the tournament. Um, what was that turnaround like? And especially your senior year when you guys averaged almost a hundred points a game. Well, I, I remember those days very uh, explicitly and very succinctly because um, uh, I was really disappointed when we did not make it to the final four because the final four was held at the University of Maryland, uh, which is uh, the area where John Mackey lived. 
And we were looking, I was looking forward to going to having a party at his house when we went to when we went to the tournament. But we did we didn't quite make it. Because but, you and John, John, the famous football player, you and John had become friends at Syracuse, correct? Yes. Well, as a recruit, uh, my first um my first plane ride after my first plane ride on the Mohawk Airline. Which was, which was known for flying very low in those days. <laughs> when I got to Syracuse, the first two people I met were uh, Ernie Davis and John Mackey. And, wow. and John and his wife, Sylvia, and my wife, Bernadette, and I have, were, have been special friends since college, right? Mm-hmm. And and so um, that, you know, I remember those, as I said, I remember those days uh, very, very, very well. We, um, and in fact, we came within two points of averaging 100 points a game uh, that season. And I remember that explicitly because I had an opportunity to shoot a jump shot at the top of the key that had I made it, would have made it 100 points for that game. But I passed it off to Dave. He shot it and, and, and it didn't go in. And uh, so we ended up, you know, um, being within two points of averaging 100 points a game. So that that was a, an exquisite memory. And then we had all of those um, good memories from the uh, tournaments that we played in. I, I have to tell you about this quickly. Uh, oh, this is this is um, uh, and one of um, one of the things I will eventually have to end up writing about. But. On the weekend that we played in the tournament in Miami, uh, we played in the tournament that had uh, Army, which was coached by um, um, the guy from Indiana. uh, Bob Knight. Bobby Knight, Bobby Knight's first team, on which uh, uh, um, Mike Krzyzewski was a member, right? So it, it was Army, Princeton, which had Bill Bradley, and uh, Miami, which had Rick Barry, and us, right? Those are a couple so, good scores there. Huh? Those are a couple guys who could score. Oh, yes. And so listen to the story, though. <laughs> so so um, Ali Cassius Clay was um, uh, training at the, fifth, the famous Fifth Street Gym in Miami. Sure. Jules Reichel, who was our trainer, was the trainer for the 1960 Olympics. So he knew Cassius Clay. So he took Dave and me over to the gym to meet Clay. And Clay was going to take us around and show us the town, but he, we had to come back to practice. And so the next day, the first night, I forget who we played. One night I played against Bill Bradley uh, and we held him to the lowest, fewest points he ever scored in his college career. And then the next night, uh, I think the first night we played against against Miami, right? Because I guarded Bill, uh, Rick Barry, and Rick Barry was sick. And so he sat on the bench with a towel over his shoulder, and he never warmed up or anything. And he came out and he scored 27 points on me. <laughs> and then, so then the next, so Ali was there with his guys sitting along the first row wow. uh, at the end of the court, talking trash to us as we were running up and down the court, right? And, and so then the, the, the next night, I got at Bill Bradley, as I said, and uh, we won the tournament 
that's one of those, uh, you know, very memorable occasions. And we, uh, when the following year, the, the, so this was the um, December of 64, I think that was 63. The following uh, September, the following Christmas, we played Princeton in Madison Square Garden, right? Wow. And so I, I got it, Bill Bradley again, and he scored 36 points on me that night. <laughs> so everybody in the world <laughs> was there who saw, I remember seeing that game, <laughs> you know? So, so that, that's, that's my, you know, one of my, uh, some of my explicit memories of, uh, you know, being involved in, in, in turning the program around. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Still, though, I mean, you guys, you were right on the cusp of the Final Four that year. That was an Elite Eight, the East Region Final, lost to Duke. Yes. And yes. that was a Duke team that was just completely loaded with future pros. Um, yes. And you guys were right there, which is amazing considering it's a program that was 2-22 and 22 five yes. years earlier. Yes, yes. That, 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 was, that, that was really something, a, 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 a nice time. To be involved, you know, in the in the university's program. Although there were some ne- negative memories that 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 we have as well, but mm-hmm. um, you know, the the the, the um, good memories far outweigh the bad ones as as far as I'm concerned. And uh, I'm really proud of the fact that uh, you know I, I'm a Syracuse grad, and I, I have a tremendous um, Syracuse family. Uh, in terms of people, you know, who, who have come forward w- when I was in most need, you, you know. So um, th- this is a uh, an experience that I highly recommend for uh, other folks who are interested in going to college. And in fact, um, one of the things that I have done um, is that I've um, I've committed uh, myself to. Um, to, to a scholarship in Vaughn's and my wife's name. And uh, what I've committed myself to is um, raising, for each $250,000 that I can raise, uh, we will have a, uh, a $10,000 scholarship established in perpetuity, which means that forever wow. there would be a $10,000 a year scholarship for a person in education and another in communication, honoring um, my wife and Vaughn. So I'm doing that. And uh, as I go down the road, uh, I will make sure that that, that, that that happens. So again, that's, that's you know, an, another of the um, think, things that have been mo- motivated by my experiences at SU. That's a fantastic goal. Yeah, yeah. I hope you're able to get there soon. Oh, we'll we'll get there. I've not been able to really um, publicize it yet, right? So once I once Here's I get the things, yeah, once I get things together and I get the word out to our friends, 
um, we we will be able to raise five hundred thousand dollars in 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 a short time. I would think. What was one of the times you were most in need, and who who among your Syracuse um, friends uh, came forward to help? Well, <laughs> um, actually, um, I, you know I've, I've been through a period here in the last. Um, last year and a half where uh, if things could go wrong, they did. Uh, if, uh, uh, you know, I had all sorts of things that I ha had um, planned that did not go the way that I needed, expected, mm -hmm. or in the, in the time that I expected. And so um, there, were, there was all sorts of help that I needed. And um, I, I am really happy to say that that uh, the people who came forward to help me first and most uh, were the people who are part of my Syracuse family. I mean, I've had I've had um, like for instance, I just tell you this another quick story. Um, I, one of my good buddies is named David Core, and David Core is a uh, Syracuse grad who was a couple of years ahead of me. And uh, he graduated, uh, well, the last day of classes that for him, uh, we went downtown to see Lilies of the Field with Sidney Poitier. Yeah. And uh, we had been drinking some, as we used to refer to it as Chickapoo Joy Juice. <laughs> and, and sitting in the, in, the, uh, in the theater, I'm singing and he threatens to smack me upside the head. So if I didn't stop, but I'm, saying all this to proceed this point, that Dave became one of the seven black bankruptcy court judges in the country. And uh, Bernadette and I went to visit his courtroom in Chicago once, and it was such a, a gas sitting there watching these people grovel to my man who, and in and, and, and the bankruptcy court, the oh, wow. judges, the judges sit like six or seven feet above everybody else, you know? So it, it was something to watch that. But anyway, the point that I'm getting to is that we hadn't seen each other and for uh, a couple of years prior to my wife's death. And we, we talked uh, several uh, weeks ago. And then he called me one day and he said, you know, you told me about all of this stuff that you've been go going through. He says, what can I do to be helpful? Mm. Right. Yeah. So I've had people like that uh, who who are part of my teammates from Syracuse who are athletes and people who were my uh, classmates and people I knew. And then there are people from around the country who are my teammates based on our common experiences, uh, some of whom are Syracuse people and others are from the city area and, and, and other places. But those are the people, you know, those are, those are the experiences that um, resonate most with me uh, wow. regarding my experience uh, on the Hill. We said we were going to talk a little bit about your work as an educator and administrator and especially how it relates to some of your projects now. Yes. Well, I, I have been um, since um, June, since the October of 2018, and in that year, I began training uh, for a bike ride from Cleveland to Cincinnati, which is 350 miles, which I did in a, in, in a week. 
but um, as I was about to be begin preparing for it, my uh, former assistant principal, Darlene, introduced me to a plant-based nutritional supplement uh, made by a company called Juice Plus. And I began using the supplement. And since that time, um, uh, I have lost more than 40 pounds. Uh, I eat half as much as I used to. And uh, I have twice as much energy. And so um, what I have, what I am committed to doing now is I am, uh, uh, I have set up a, an educational program in which whose aim is to teach parents and their children how to grow food in their own living rooms and also, also provide opportunities for uh, an entrepreneur, entrepreneur entrepreneurial uh, experience, right? Okay. And, um, and, and with the idea of showing that, showing the connection between nutrition and their children's future financial independence. And financial independence, meaning that you have enough money coming in so that you don't have to work unless you want to. You have enough money set aside for an emergency fund and you have enough money set aside to pay your taxes. So that's what constitutes financial independence. And I am interested these days in, in sharing this kind of information with, with parents uh, and young folks uh, so that uh, um, we can help uh, younger men and particularly younger black men um, understand uh, and learn how, how to be able to, to use their assets so that they will be able to leave something for the people who come behind them. And so that I, I have a program set up around that and that I've been working on that's com coming together slowly. And it's coming together with the help um, uh, of a lot of Syracuse people. Uh, you know, like for instance, um, Bill Brodsky, who is the retired um, uh, chairman of the, of the Chicago Board of Options Exchange? Uh, he was he was our our uh, manager at Syracuse. Oh wow! And, and he and I have been friends since again sixty more years, right? Yeah. And uh, so you know, I have the input uh, and the influence of people like that, and and the other person that. I want to mention in this regard is my my former classmate uh, Eric Moa, who is um, he is one of the country's top um, public relations uh, people, uh, who was most recently honored by the 100 Black Men here in New York City for his his contribution to their uh, to, to to their organization. But he's he, he's one of the people I am. Um, relying on to guide me through doing these things that I, I am in the process of doing. So along with this, cool. uh, I, I, I am, I'm setting, I'm also, and I think I may have mentioned this, but I'm resurrecting my training business uh, to train educators and community engagement, people, people who are involved in community engagement who are working with the schools. So those are things that I'm doing that are keeping me um, motivated these days. <laughs> and 
uh, 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 keeping me uh, um, um, from go- keeping me from going crazy as well. You know, if anybody w- listening to this wants to know a little bit more, see more about you, you have a website, right? It's is it sampenseal.org? It's sampenseal.com. Dot com. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So we can and direct it, people and, there. And when, and when you go to that, you have to check the three bars up top to on the right to get the drop down menu. But that gives people a great deal of information about the uh, work that I've done in education, my educational background, the work that I've done. Yeah, the work you've done is extensive. Now, we can't get out of here without figuring out uh, with all the Hall of Fames that you're in, one of them being the City College Hall of Fame. Yes. Where you were the men's and women's tennis coach. Yes. How does a Syracuse basketball player of some fame end up coaching tennis at City College of New York? Well, I also have a degree from City College. <laughs> okay. Uh, you got your master's? Yes. I have I have a master's in reading from City College, okay. which is one, one of the top reading programs in the country. Um, but uh, so what happened was that um, uh, after I stopped playing basketball, when I was around 30, um, I started playing tennis and I, um, I, I began, I took lessons and I began to get good at it. And people asked me to show them things that I was doing. So I went to, I, I, I went and studied with Dennis Vandermeer, who is, who, well, he's, he's deceased now, but he was the former president of the professional tennis registry. And as a part of my uh, involvement with them, I was a um, uh, a national tester. So what happens with the, the, the program, you go and you take a course on how to teach, you take that course for a week, and then you go back to your area. And if you don't get the mark on the course that you want, and uh, you can go back and you can work with a person like myself, who was a master, who was a tester, who would help you right, with your teaching skills as well as retest you. And so I did that. And so the um, my, my friend Marvin Dent was the um, coach at City College, and he decided to give it up. And he said to me, he said, "Listen, man, I'm giving this up. So why don't you come on and take it?" So I, since I had the uh, had take I had begun. Uh, getting my certification for, for teaching, I decided to take the, to take the job. And uh, so it, it turned out to be uh, another of my experiences about which I'm most happy uh, because uh, they have their, I, I think it's called the Sophie Davis Medical School in which the uh, students start out uh, and they get a degree in medicine in five years, I think. And so when it got started was during the time that I was teaching. I mean, I was coaching. And some of my guys had to miss practice because they were in that program and who are now top doctors all over the country, you know? So, wow. uh, so, so those are, and then I, you know, I have some other uh, uh, former uh, students uh, who are outstanding people these days. In fact, one of my former students is uh, Isu Mott, who is now, uh, he, I think he's vice president for diversity or something of that nature for the Charlotte Hornets. And uh, he, he worked with the USPTA, USTA, uh, and he was in the program when uh, I, uh, I ran the program at the, 
at the armory. I'll just tell you this last part about this. Uh, when uh, the armory uh, here in Harlem, the 369th, has the junior program, which is going on now, which I ran and in the 80s, in the beginning of the 80s. And when I ran the program, James Blake's father and his mother used to come and uh, work in the program with us. And James used to sit on the floor under, the, he wasn't as tall as the net yet. And uh, we used to toss him balls uh, after we got finished with the other kids. So, you know, I, I've had all sorts of wonderful memories like that, that, that helps to uh, keep me going. Well, that's fantastic. And it's amazing. I mean, we could probably sit here for another hour uh, listening <laughs> to some more of your stories, but unfortunately we've kind of come to the end of our time here. Um, it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast, Sam, and I'm, it's so good to see, see you and, and, and talk to you. Yes, yeah, the same here. And I look forward to getting past Syracuse one of these days so we can get together for a meal. Now, you better. You, you, real <laughs> soon. I look forward to that. Um, hop on your bike. And I, I, it's just a few hours uh, down the thruway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll give it a shot. <laughs> now, a guy who played with Jim Beheim and Dave Bing and friends with John Mackey. And it's just an incredible life. And you've been so successful in your uh, you know your post athletics career um you're, you're, it's just an amazing story that you can write sam so thank you again for joining me here i'm going to do that and i finally remember the term i was trying to think of ideal performance state is when the guys are in the zone <laughs> so so anyway hey mike it's really good i enjoyed this and I, again i look forward to us getting together on the first you know the first chance that we get all right sounds good okay. thank you sam Okay, my man, take it easy. I want to thank Sam for joining me on the podcast today. And thanks to you out there as well for listening in. Please subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast and follow all of our complete coverage of Syracuse basketball on Syracuse.com. Until next time on the Inside Syracuse Basketball Podcast, I'm Mike Waters.